0: Welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast, sponsored by Carol Langley Florist, with myself, Stephen Osbourne, and as always, I'm joined by my good friend, myself, Dan Chum, the bearded legend,
1: the one and only, the Daddio. It's Mr. Paul Levy. Thank you very much indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. This is episode number three hundred and twenty-seven, and thanks to everyone who tuned into last week's show. And obviously, thanks to Nigel uh, for coming on and giving up his evening and day. Tr- um, um, Dave Victor, sorry, forgot my uh, words there. Uh, who came on and spoke about his tremendous book that uh, that's out now. Thanks to both of them, you know, can tell by the listening figures how how many people have, have listened and the the Twitter exchanges and the Facebook and the forum exchanges that were going on. And it's great; everyone's got viewpoints, and some people all right with stuff, and some not. But that's that's the. The beauty of having your own opinion, which you are fully entitled to do so with us. This week, though, it's just one game that we've got to review, unfortunately. Uh, And a little bit about what's happened in the last week, including our transfer deadline day, which... Nearly passed us by without anything happening. But as always, let's start with a quick word from our podcast sponsor. Absolutely. So, the podcast is sponsored by Carol Angley Florists, who are based
0: in Chingford and have been serving the borough of Waltham Forest and the surrounding area for more than the last 70 years. And their fantastic team of florists are here for all your needs, whether that's wedding, family funeral tributes, birthdays, bar mitzvahs, anniversaries, anything you want. They have got it covered. And to make things even better, they offer 15% off to all O's fans and staff, which could bring you a huge saving. And we know an O's fan has already booked a wedding with them, so we are absolutely delighted. That's a great stuff. To get in touch, you can call the shop on 0208 529 4130. Or if you are online, you can have a look at their lovely website, www.carollangley.co.uk. If you're on social media so are the team. You can find them on Instagram at Carol Langley Florist. You can find them on Twitter at Carol Langley E4 or you can find the team on Facebook at Carol Langley Florist. Also worth a mention that if you have a business or a product that you would like to promote and thinking about getting it sponsored on anywhere, we do have opportunities available on the Orient Outlook podcast. So give us a DM, drop us an email if you have any inquiries and we would love to get back to you and work with fellow Orient fans. So
1: get in touch to find out about any of our affordable options. Absolutely. Nicely done. Now, one thing i omitted to note in my introduction was that we have a very special guest joining us this week. We are delighted to be welcoming James from the Rainbow Group onto the podcast. James, welcome to the Orient Outlook Podcast. Thanks very much for for joining us. Um, Just perhaps for those that perhaps aren't aware or, or don't know, tell us about the Rainbows Group.
2: Hi guys, um, thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, we um, we 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 founded um, probably about eighteen months ago. Now, the, the idea was first raised or put to us by the club. Um, they basically wanted to um, to create a group for um, LGBTQ supporters, uh, Orion fans, um, a, a kind of a, a group where people could meet up, get to know other members of the LGBTQ community, support the club. Um, and perhaps provide a kind of a, a welcoming, safe space um, to to people who would feel sort of safe coming to, to go and watch football. I mean, football has, hasn't had the best relationship historically um, with the LGBTQ community um, in general. And, you know, for, for one reason or another, um, people might not have always felt comfortable. They might not have felt that football is environment for them. Um and so, you know, we kinda of came together um in I think it was I think it was March last year now, um, to sort of discuss the idea of whether we could set up a group um, and yeah we've, we've we officially launched in October last year at the Newport game um, was our first game um, as a group and the club sort of allowed us to kind of parade around the pitch beforehand um, with with some flags which was great um, we've had an AGM um, probably the highlight of the year was um, we marched in the London Pride parade um, in July alongside LGBT groups from other football clubs, Arsenal, West Ham, Chelsea, Palace were there. Um, And um, generally, we kind of, we try to meet up um, before home matches um, at the bandstand in the Coronation Gardens. Um, We have a WhatsApp group where most people kind of communicate um, and we're just looking to hold more and more events kind of as
0: as, as the next, as our second year kind of begins really. You've done a really good job, uh, James. Explaining how the Rainbows got started and, and, and what it's looking to achieve as a group. But is—is is there a certain aim that the Rainbows have? Are there lots? Are there lots of aims that the Rainbows have?
2: Um, I think it's uh, given the given the sort of size of the club, relatively. Um, you know it's, it, it's it, you know we have you know the, the you know amazingly the attendances have got bigger and and, and better over the years as, as the club's been more successful but you know we are still a relatively small club when you compare us to you know, Arsenal West Ham Spurs in London um and so you know by that very by the very nature a group like ours is going to be kind of quite small so it's kind of we've got to be quite realistic in terms of the kind of things we can do, um, because you know everyone's everyone's sort of doing this in their spare time, um, and and so really, you know, we this year um, we kind of would would, would want to be more visible. We want more people, clubs, know about us, or fans to know about us. Um, we want to put on um, some more events, some more social events. Um, you know, we've discussed maybe having a quiz night somewhere in Leighton as a fundraiser, um, and um, and and yeah, just to kind of help. You know, I basically do more to promote um, the
1: the, the um, inclusion for LGBTQ people in in football. In terms of the events and sort of fundraising money, is there an objective around what you would spend that money on, just from a curiosity standpoint?
2: Oh, mainly, mainly just kind of um, the, the sort of, the, the, the basically the, the costs of putting on events and running groups. It would be, you know, it's an absolutely mm. non- for, not-for-profit thing. It's just basically to sort of keep, no, sure. keep, keep the group going, basically. Um, and we've, you know, we've, we've held discussions about... Um, creating our own merchandise, lots of, um, lots of the bigger clubs have, have done, um, kind of rainbow scarves, rainbow football scarves, for example. Um, and you know, um, we haven't fully discussed this, but we would, you know, we should, a lot of these clubs do the, the proceeds from these things go partly to, um, LGBT charities as well, which is, which is great. Um, but, um, but yeah, I mean, it's really the, the, the kind of the most important objective of the group, is for fans to basically know that we exist. And if you know, if you're a, if, if if you're a, a, an LGBT Orient fan, and you feel like, for whatever reason, you might not have felt like you've got anybody to come to football with, or you've you, you feel a little bit intimidated by the idea of of going to a football ground. I mean, I've you know, from 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 my own personal experience, I've been coming to Orient regularly since 2001, and I've you know, I've never, fortunately, never experienced. Any, any homophobia in our ground but that doesn't mean that you know it doesn't happen and and certainly you know it, it, it there is still you know there is there is sadly still homophobia in football um and so basically you know we we want people to know we exist know they can get in touch with us um and and you know, meet meet new friends to to go and watch football with. I mean, I've I've always kind of gone to watch the O's with family members, and it's kind of like this has created almost a sort of second family for us because it's it's a it's a coming together of all people of, of different ages and you know live in all, all different parts of London. Some a couple of our members live uh, live live even further afield, um, and but it's you know it's a, it's a new community for us to um, to support the O's through.
1: Love that. James really do. Um, in terms of the club's um, support of this, what are they? What have they sort of offered to you? What What are they able to support you on this journey? Because it sounds like a great initiative.
2: Yeah, the the, the, the club have been brilliant, really. Uh, uh, to be honest, guys, um, you know they've they, it was it was them who kind of initially sort of advertised the idea of creating the group. Um, I think they put an announcement out in in March last year, as I say, mm. and. Um, and and it was um, Robbie Minchin um, at the club and um, Luke Lamborn who who until recently was the the press officer were kind of the guys who um, mainly communicated with us. Um, they've um, uh, they they let us use the um, space at the club to host our our AGM. Um, they gave us access to the community hub for our for our launch event, which was um, before the Newport game in uh, in the East Stand, which was which was amazing and. Um, you know they've been they've been great. You know to communicate with on you know the, the the big kind of the big LGBT event that football has done for the last sort of decade is the Rainbow Laces campaign, which is kind of quite well known now, where players wear rainbow laces, the corner flags sort of change to rainbow flags, and it's kind of the, the, the sort of the, the couple of weeks of, of visibility really. Um, and um, they they threw their weight behind that this year, which was which was great. And, 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 and they've also, you know, helped us, um, uh, put a, put, put a rainbows branded flag up at the ground as well. So there's a, there's a flag, which is kind of on the, at the base of one of the flats between the South and the West Stand as well. Um, and we took that on the, on the March in, um, in, uh, in, 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 July. And, and it's, you know, they, they've been very, very supportive in that front. Um, and, um, and, and those, those links, uh, have uh, thankfully continued. That's great to
0: hear, James. It's a really good to hear the club are well behind it. So you're the vice chair of the Rainbows. Who who else is a part of the kind of I guess the hierarchy in terms of leading the Rainbows group?
2: Um, it's a it's a it's a very uh, it's a very uh, small uh, s- small group of us so far. Um, Alan Murrell's our chair, um, and um, Kelly K and Chris Knight are involved in the uh, in the executive team and. We kind of—I mean, it's—I it's guess it's a very sort of 21st-century way of running things. In that we kind of—it's it's, all—it's all kind of done through WhatsApp at the moment, um, and uh, and we kind of meet when we can, um, and um, we are having an AGM on the 20th of September, which I think we'll plan to do. I think it will be held in person um, at the club I think and then we will be uh, but it will also be um, accessible virtually so people can, um, can can join in remotely if they can't um, can't get to East London for whatever reason on that evening um, and you can you, you, we have a we have a Twitter account which uh, rainbows underscore 1881 and people can get in touch with us. Uh, we have a Gmail account, which is enquiries.rainbows at gmail.com.
1: Perfect. Great stuff. And in terms of the AGM, who can attend that? What could they expect? What can people expect from the AGM? What what will you be kind of discussing in the AGM? How does that, what does that structure look like?
2: Um, yeah, we, basically, we will we'll kind of, we'll circulate an agenda and we'll kind of, it will basically be our aims and our aims and objectives for the new year. You know, we're looking for somebody to um, take on a more sort of formal role in helping organise events because you know the, uh, the, we've, we we kind of you know we've, we 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 sort of do them. We sort of all pitch in really, but we think it would be more effective if someone um, was able to kind of help coordinate our events, which would be uh, which would be a great step in the right direction for us. Um, but also, um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll um, I think, I think, I think it'd be open to it to, to anybody, certainly.
0: So we had a question, uh, James, from one of our listeners, saying, "What is the difference between the Leighton Orient Supporters Club and the Rainbows?"
2: Um, I, like, um, we're kind of a, um, you know, we are we are a, a, a fan group in that sense, um, but we are um, sort of the the sort of wider aims of our group are kind of primarily um promoting and educating on lgbt issues um and to kind of be a a safe space for lgbt supporters but you know it's not you know you you don't have to identify as as a member of the lgbt community to be part of the group you can we're we're very obviously very very open to allies as well and people who um you know support our our aims and objectives and and want to help the group um Grow really, um, and yeah, I mean, we, um, you know, we've, we've, you know, we, we, we do liaise with um, uh, with the supporters' club and and and, and the fans' trust and, and and other sort of affiliated groups as well. Um, you know, we're not kind of out on our own, as it were. You know, we're we're sort of we are very much part of the the wider Leighton Orient family. But um, it's yeah, our um, you know our, our our kind of our main objectives are kind of more, as I say, sort of make make going to football and particularly the O's a, 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 a welcoming, fun place for everyone.
1: And just just before we let you go, James, remind us of the Twitter handle and the email address if people want to, to get in touch.
2: Yeah, of course. The the, the Twitter is at rainbows uh, underscore 1881 um, and our email address is enquiries dot rainbows at gmail dot com
0: and, um, and, and if you email that address, one of us will uh, will we'll get back to you. That's fantastic. James, it's been a pleasure having you on the podcast. Keep up all the fantastic work you do as part of the rainbows. And um, we look forward to hearing all about the AGM uh, after it takes place. We'll we'll like like to cover that and obviously mention it on the podcast. But, yeah, congratulations on all the great work in setting up the rainbows and all all the work you're doing at the moment.
2: Thanks, guys. Thanks very much for having us on. Pleasure. All the best,
0: James. Take care. All the
2: best. Cheers. Bye.
0: Bye. So that was Vice Chair James from the Rainbow. It was a really uh, good conversation, actually. Fantastic. found it really great. Yeah. It's great to see how supportive our club is of every community out there. And it's great to hear about the rise of the Rainbows and what the future plans are for that. So like James said, the AGM is on the 20th of September. There's a Twitter account that you can follow and an <coughs> email address for you to email if you are interested in joining uh, that group. So I guess Mr Levy, as normal, supporters club update
1: absolutely well done to the supporters club who were earlier this week named as the Camera Greater London Club of the year that is no mean feat there are a lot of camera clubs out there so well done to the supporters club and all the sterling work that they've done to get that Um, and coaches coaches are off to Exeter on Saturday the 9th of September they're leaving at half past 8 for a 3 o'clock kickoff. adult fare of that is £39 concessions are £36 and kids age 15 or under, will travel for £20. Coaches are leaving for Peterborough the following week on the 16th of September, leaving the ground slightly later at 11 o'clock. And that's a £28 uh, fare for adults, 25 concessions. Chick kids, age 15 or under, can travel for £14. And obviously, as we always say, those prices don't include your matchday ticket. So to to book on for either of those two trips, you're going to need to contact uh, 7507 539 five seven nine lovely
0: stuff two pieces of aob on this week's podcast first up congratulations to o's fan and listener of the podcast michelle church whose son ben got married to his fiance sam last weekend we hope everyone involved in that one had a great day. So congratulations uh, to Sam and Ben.
1: Yeah, we also had a message from most fan Gary Jeffrey, who's got the Twitter handle, The Authentic Gaz, who told us that he's walking 100 kilometres along the Thames Path next weekend for two small charities that are very close to his heart, the Jess Grant Celebration and Callum Pipes Smile Charity. If anybody would like to sponsor him, the link is pinned on his Twitter page. That's The Authentic Gaz. And, uh, yeah, if you've got any spare change that you can support Gary on that, he'd be very, very much appreciative. 100 kilometres. That's a lot. That's 60 miles. Good luck, Gary. That's a lot of walking.
0: Good luck. Let us know how you get on that. Paul said, and give him a sponsor if you're able to do so. Let's move on in to the week that was at the Orient. Happy Monday, the 28th of August. Bank Holiday Monday. Tom James and Jordan Graham were named in the official Skybet League One and the official EFL team of the week following their performances against Cambridge United, as well as Rishi Wennings, who was named as manager in the League One team of the week. Mm-hmm. Well done, James. That was great to see.
1: Yeah, the EFL is over Championship League One and League Two, yes. so that's no mean feat to be selected for that one. So well done to both of those. We move on to uh, to a Tuesday, the 29th of August, and congratulations goes out to Lawrence Figaro, Omar Beckles, Idris El and Paul Smith, who all made the 2022-23 League Two Team of the season, well done to all four of those. It feels like such a long time ago, still talking it? about it. I know, like Mental. to be fair, Paul Smith put up a nice tweet about you know what a
0: team we had. What yeah. a season, yeah. And Vigory put up a very nice tweet as well, so it good was. to see, yeah. um, their connection still to that team. Wednesday, the 30th of August, a quiet day at the club, but not for yourself Stan chums as the Bearded Lejande Day went on air. At BBC London to talk on there all about Orient's features. It's yeah, it's nice right. feature. Yeah, big there. Yeah, well, Leighton
1: Laureate was on it as well. It's nice to meet. Um, nice to meet him. Yeah, great chat. Nick Godwin. I love the fact that there is a mainstream media outlet that covers a team like Leighton Orient. You know, when you have got the Arsenal's, the West Ham's, the Chelseas, yeah. the full, you know, Brentfords, like big clubs in like in in the Premier League, and, and yet they do an, an hour feature on on Orient. I think it's tremendous. Thursday and I'm grateful for them uh, inviting us on. Thursday the 31st of August Ed Turns was named in the Wales under 21 squad. That's for the friendlies uh, sorry the friendly against Liechtenstein that's coming up in the and also the under 21 Euro qualifier that's coming up for them against Lithuania. So we wish Ed every success and hopefully get some pitch time.
0: Yeah, that does mean that Ed will miss the uh, Exeter away match. So obviously we do wish him luck but it probably be a
1: stretch if he's going to be playing for against Peterborough as well, having played two games. Possibly. Yeah, we'll and have to see what happens. Maybe he's gone already, so he probably won't play Gillingham tomorrow night
0: either. I wouldn't imagine uh, so. Tuesday night either. Yeah, yeah, we will see on that one. But wish him the best of luck in his international colours. Also on Thursday, the club revealed the nominations for August's goal of the month. We had Royal Satoru for his first goal against Wickham, which was that tremendous volley from that lovely Archibald Cross Wilson Sirius' second goal away to Wickham, which was a snapshot mm. after the ball cannoned out to him. Shaq Ford versus Cambridge, which was obviously last week, and he's uh, finished from close range. And Theo Archibald against Cambridge, which was a lovely quick free-kick from Tom James, which Archibald dispatched beautifully. Yeah. At the time when those nominations were announced, I thought there's only
1: one winner. Standout.
0: got to be rules
1: for well. yeah. Yeah, it's a standout. All the goals were good. It's always good to score goals and I think probably Theo's is a close second. But I think just for technique and, and poise, that was a... That was a good goal uh, to vote for. Uh, Friday, the fir- Not that we're influencing that, but Friday the 1st of September, it is transfer deadline day. And after a quiet morning and a quiet afternoon and a pretty quiet evening, <laughs> an announcement was made at just after half past ten that Brandon Cooper had signed for us on loan from Swansea until January 2024. Brandon said, I'm a ball-playing centre-back. I like to start attacks, but most importantly, I like to win. I learned a lot playing in League One last season, and I've become a better player for that, and I can't wait to get started. Yeah,
0: Richie went is what to say. He's a good footballer who likes to build play from the back, and he will fit the way that I want us to play. He's still young, but 23 years old, and will keep developing whilst he is with us. He's a very good organiser of his age and has a strong voice at the back. So, Bidlajanda, your views on the signing of Brian yeah, Cooper?
1: Yeah, he's got League One experience. He's got international experience, uh, being a former under-21 for Wales and also I think he's made one or two senior appearances as well. So on paper he looks like a real good quality addition. I like the fact that Richie said he's vocal at the back because I feel that we don't talk enough, we don't hear them enough on the pitch. So it'd be good to have someone like Dean Brill-esque uh, that's very vocal. So yeah, good for me. Okay, good as a standalone
0: sign-in. Correct. I did feel it was a bit of an anti-climax. Bear in mind we had Nigel on last week and he said yeah. you know, a bit of movement. I one, or in, might have been one or two One or around. two in. And I presumed we all thought Charlie Kelman would end up being announced last week, which obviously didn't happen. And Brandon Cooper, yeah, I mean, not a name that I'm familiar with, but then again, I haven't been familiar with a lot of names who we signed who turned out to be really good. So, yeah, seems good. Gets my full support. Just felt like a bit of, why wait till half ten? That was obviously done, like, well before half ten, in my eyes anyway. I don't think that was a late signing, but kept everyone waiting till half ten. But his message in the car was Daylight. daylight. Yeah, so... Hopefully has a good spell of us. I think he'll get chances at points to shine this season. Like I imagine he's on the bench next weekend if he's not away with Wales, obviously because their turns isn't in the squad. So mm-hmm. yeah, we'll see. We did have a tweet from Orient fan at underscore eighteen eighty one said, "Much needed defensive cover and can hopefully compete for a place in the side." Slightly berate. They've waited all day for a lone centre half, though.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's a fair point. In the grand scheme, it was a bit anticlimactic because we we're expecting a couple. Of that. Lots of rumours: Moncur gone to Gillingham. Yes. But I saw that he was at Bible class at seven o'clock on Friday night, so I assumed either it was done already or he wasn't going anywhere. Right. Okay. Uh, so there was that. <laughs> so that that turned out to be utter nonsense. Yeah, Kelman, Sadlier, all these names that were linked to us. Um, thoughts on people going out, possibly Hunt not getting enough game time, Reese Byrne um maybe Jaden Sweeney but I didn't see much much value in that but yeah I, I I kind of expected one or two to go out some maybe they'll go out to the national league or put, yeah. one of the lower ones like Zach Obiero and, and Reese Byrne probably go out to to those which are outside of a window they don't don't need to to worry so much about Friday's deadline but shortly after the signing the aforementioned Kieran Sadlier, it was announced that uh, by Bolton um that they'd released him paid up his contract and released him but as it stands there's been no further news on his future. No,
0: he's been heavily linked with us, Cambridge and Lincoln. but Whoever gets him uh, is obviously getting a free agent, so can sign him at any point now. So yeah. they aren't bound by that. Let me ask you a question, though, day Yeah. Kieran Sadlier. Yeah. Comes to as a free agent. Yeah.
1: You taking him back? Not, not this time. No, for me. I don't think we need a Kieran Sadlier to be honest with you. If anything, um, you know we've got twenty. I think it's twenty nine. Twenty nine players in our squad. Granted, four of them, five of them, like the Pegrams, the Obieros, the Burns, that kind, of those, that group. Uh, you know, there's probably four or five that could probably go out on loan as the younger ones. I that then leaves you with twenty four, which means in an eighteen man squad, there's always going to be six that are going to be left out. So that that would be quite a challenge to manage. Um, but I just don't think we need him, Jordan Graham. Theo Archibald, when Aji comes back in in January, um, we've got enough in that kind of a, in the attacking space that you could like Shaq Faul could go out wide, for example. So I I I think it'd be for the sake of hiring, um, and he was he wasn't spectacular last year, but we didn't miss Smith as much as I thought we were gonna miss Smith because of him. So it's a bit of a weird conundrum for me, but I don't think so as it stands with the squad that we've got now.
0: Okay. For you. I'd sign him on a year okay. but I don't think he would sign for us for, on a year deal. Yeah. I think there were glimpses last season they obviously got a wonderful free kick uh, away to Sutton United I think there's glimpses of a player Jordan Graham so far I don't think it is 90 minute worthy although okay. his crosses yesterday <laughs> into the box at points were absolutely fantastic Theo's been a shining star I'd say this season from a creativity point of view but I think sadly uh, bearing in mind at the moment you've got Sotui playing out wide if you give me a choice out of Sotiri or Sadlia out wide, all day long at the moment, I'd rather have Sadlier mm. out wide and maybe Sotiri on the bench to come on as a centre forward if needed. Um, so I would take him on a year. However, I think it will take a two-year offer to get him to sign on the line. Right. And I think he'll get that elsewhere. So mm. we'll see. And I guess it depends on how cheap you can sign him for as a free agent. But competing against Cambridge and Lincoln... I imagine Lincoln have got a bit more money in the pot than what we have. Yeah, but I wouldn't be I wouldn't be disappointed to see him sign back mm. as a free agent. Yeah, wouldn't it be the worst move in the world. So we'll see on
1: that one. We'll obviously keep our eyes open to see what happens uh, with Kieran. So let's move on to Saturday, the 2nd of September. Yesterday, as we record this podcast, so Ruel was awarded with the August goal of the month for his goal, the first goal, the volley against Wickham. So well done to Ruel. Well
0: done, Ruel. So time for the main event. In so many of you might be switching off here. So thanks for joining us for a little while. But if you're sticking along, we are going to talk about Stevenage at home. And before the game, we ran a Twitter poll to find out how you thought the O's would get on in this one. And after, I think this is probably a record for the Twitter poll, 501 votes in a measly, I think it is about 20, maybe 36 hours. You voted as follows with only 11% thinking the O's would lose this game, only 14% of you thinking the O's would draw this game, and a whopping 75% of you thinking the O's would win the game. Yeah, absolutely.
1: So the team was announced at 2 o'clock. Sol Brin was in goal, James, happy turns, Galbraith. El Mazzouni, Brown Archibald, Graham Ford and Ruel Sotiriu completed the start in 11. Sam Howes was on the bench with Hunt, Beckles, Sanders, Pratley, Monker. And so for the eagle-eyed of you, you'll realise that side
0: was unchanged from our win last week against Cambridge United. A very good win, a very superb performance from the team, Mr. Levy. Your views on that yeah. team?
1: Oh, you know me. I love an unchanged side. I think it, unchanged side. I think it breeds confidence of how they play, uh, how each other plays, and they get to know their game better. Strong bench.
0: Yeah, for me, no complaints. I think we said on last week's podcast when we were summing up Cambridge that they'd all deserved a chance to be yeah. in that starting lineup
1: for Steven. So, yeah, all good with me. A lot of views came in. Loads. Loads and loads. George underscore Brown underscore said, if we play like we did last week, we've got a good chance of getting three points.
0: Hello, FC Loza said, consistency breeds certainty for the players and the manager. It's Richie's preferred formation and the team know uh, the patterns of play. Interesting though, to see if Steven in direct
1: style will trouble with this defence. The winning team will be the one that imposes themselves. Yeah, very great. Very great insight there. Greaves67 said happy with that. A settled lineup is essential for consistency.
0: Oh, how to 19 said I thought Prattley might start to give us some
1: extra physical presence, but can't really complain after the lads did so well last week. The authentic Gaz said no need or reason to change the side from last weekend, more of the same hopefully. And Len Chin1 said a chance to finally show an improvement in play against the strong Steven side
0: at Brisbane Road. Needs to be alert for their counter attack, which they are noted a midweek loss for them
1: may have them weary, so a speedy, clinical game is needed. Yeah, absolutely. So, the match kicked off with the O's looking to build on last week's impressive win against Cambridge United against a Stevenage team who have made a good start to life in League 2 under our old foe, Steve Evans. Oh, here we go, then.
0: After a decent opening seven minutes, it was almost a dream start for the O's. Shaq Ford played a ball from the left into the path of to you, and he was clean through, and all of his effort beat Ashby Hammond, In the south stand we were all up cheering the goal, the ball hit the crossbar and the chance was gone as the ball was cleared to safety. I thought that was it from where we were sitting and I guess it might be a way the things to come, the way the day was going to go. I've not seen that one back so in hindsight should he have scored probably from what I remember like a one on
1: one chance or... You've got to be clinical both boxes. We talk about it all the I've time. Watched, I've watched the replay yeah. two or three times. He's quite a way out. He shoots really early. Ashby yeah. Hammond has come out to close yeah. him down. He's not at the edge of his box, but he's coming past the penalty spot. And and Ruel is still quite a way out. He possibly could have done more with the ball because he had a lot more time. Yeah. All credit to Shaq Ford there. He's Great won ball. the ball from... So they've had a long throw. We've then cleared it. Shaq Ford has then won that ball in the air, taken it down and then run down the channel. Three men guarding him or or trying to get the ball off him. He's then fed Ruel who's on his own in acres of space. He possibly had more time. He's gone long range, 25 yards out roughly. And he's so unlucky to hit the crossbar. Having watched that replay a few times, I think people are a bit harsh that he should have scored that. Maybe he should have scored if he'd have taken a couple more touches and got a better, ang- got closer to goal. But as it stood, if you watch that goal back, he's quite a way out and he's two inches lower. That's an unbelievable goal. Big chance gone. Yeah, big That's goal chance-ness. of the month sorted already. If that goes in, <laughs> <laughs>
0: all right. Let's move on. In 0-0 still. Sixteenth
1: minute. Shaq Ford got booked. For standing in front of Ashby Hammond as he prepared to clear the ball. Yeah, Stevenage won a free kick on the edge of the area in the 20th minute. Rob, as after Roberts was brought down, the ball was swung into the box from Dan Butler on the right. McNeil got ahead of his man to get a touch on the ball to leave Solbrin stranded, stranded. Sorry, as the ball went into the far corner and put the visitors one 0 up. Oh, terrible.
0: big co- coming. They after that chance, Stevenage started to kind of impose themselves a bit more on the game. Pierre Jarny found himself up against Archibald. And was clearly doing a number on Archibald at that point in the game. Sweeney looked in control centre back, so and they started to kind of impose themselves a bit more. But mm. a poor goal to concede there. When you watch it back, it's again it's another set piece, and we know their strength is set pieces. We know our weaknesses are set pieces. And yeah, that kid, what's his name, McNeil, making his debut on yeah. loan from United, United won't yeah. score an easier goal all season yeah. Then that.
1: Really disappointing from us. Don't disagree with you at all. Terrible defending from us to allow them to get that nick on and not defend that better. Um, I don't know if we switched off. We can't defend like that in this league and expect to get away with that. Maybe in League 2, you could get away. Certainly National League, but not in League 2. It just doesn't work like that. And we've got to wise up
0: yeah, he no really chance has. for no chance for Bryn in goal. But really, fans no.
1: have to be doing better
0: for him. So goal down in the 23rd minute could have got worse. Stevenish penalty appeals
1: were waved away. Jamie Reed went down in the area. Ref having none of it. Uh 27 minutes on the clock. Then Reid looked to catch out Sol Bryn with an early strike, but he was able to make a routine save. Yeah,
0: good save there from Bryn. 30 second second minute in huge penalty appeals <laughs> for the O's as a throne was launched into the box. turns did appear to be taken out. Maybe brutally assaulted is better wording for that one. Ref said no, and then for Ed Turns' protestations, Ed Turns got a booking.
1: It's unbelievable, isn't it?
0: Looks a penalty to me. Looked a clear pen again. Not getting the uh, cut of
1: the jib from the refs. Why aren't we getting these calls? I don't understand. Other teams seem to be getting it, and again, this is probably going to be a theme throughout the season: is refereeing inconsistencies. It's costing people games. It really is because then that's our way back into the game. Of course, it is. Uh, Ruel misses but we get a penalty opportunity unbelievable 36 minutes on the clock now Roberts had a strike over the bar from close range following some good work from the visitors
0: good opportunity there should have done better should at least hit the target but in the 44th minute the O's conceded a corner which was swung in again from Dan Butler on our right in the south stand but from the left on the pitch Piergiani got well ahead of Dan Happy to win his flick on and Dan Sweeney was there unmarked from close range as he got a touch to get the ball past i to make it 2-0 I mean that is Stevenage again won't score from an easier set piece than that. Literally, Bosch into Piagiani, who we all know from our days in the National League when he was at Salford, is an absolute handful. And yeah. at Oldham, well, I think he's got a couple of goals against us yeah. at Oldham. And again, Sweeney's there. Like, no one is near Sweeney. Like, there's no one near Sweeney. And it's just little part touch pass, Brin. Again, Richie and Paul Toby pulling their hair out. Seeing that back in terms of defence is just absolutely nowhere. I think yeah. you can criticise Happy for not getting enough. Close enough to Pier Gianni from the flick on. But then, once that flick on's done, like, where are
1: our defenders? Like, there's no one in the middle of the box.
0: And easy tapping, 2 0. Totally agree with
1: you. Totally agree with you. Terrible game. Two mistakes in our box and we're punished. And it's unacceptable. Really unacceptable. And we have to stop this. Otherwise, it's going to be a very long, hard season. It is. I mean, yeah. It's not like we're creating loads up the other end. We have talked about one opportunity that Ruel's hit the bar in the sixth minute and now we're at half time almost. We've really not spoken about anything else that we've we've done. So if you're not scoring at the other end, you've got to be doing better in your own box to stop that from happening. Give yourself half a chance of maybe nicking a goal and keeping it really, really tight. And we're just not playing, we're not boxing clever here at all. Theo Archibald tried to reply instantly in additional time, but his effort from the edge of the box was straight at Ashby Hammond. I mean, no further talking points. The referee brought the first half to a close with the O's going in. 2 0 down. Absolutely. So my notes from half time surely a tactical change has
0: to be done at half time. Pier Gianni and Sweeney in complete control. So Pier yeah. all over Archibald. Like Archibald can't beat him in the air. He can't seem to get past him on the floor. So what do we do at halftime? I thought half time was a pretty pivotal chance. 2 0, you go, we know you can come back from 2 0 down at half time. Yeah. Steve Evans is a classic example of that. So <laughs> thinking maybe a few changes at half time, maybe a tactical change up, see, see what happens. But Obviously, we come on to what you actually think,
1: happened. Do you think that, you know, normally we might have a turgid's first half, but Richie will roll up them and and really put it up them and, and we come out and, and absolutely turn the game on its head? Well, what big, That's well, what I was expecting. Well, a big difference was they didn't let... First seven minutes we played all right, so we had the ball on
0: the floor. Steven got wise to that and went, right, from your goal kicks, we're not going to let you play on the floor. So you had Happy and turns in their positions. They were marked by two men and they started marking the two full-backs as well. So it was literally four on four. So all Bryn could do was pump it long and he kept pumping it to Archibald who, was, who wasn't Pierre winning John, any battles. Yeah. Spear John was winning the header. So effectively, we just kept giving the ball back to Stevenage and then wait, and then trying to win the ball back but they kept bypassing the midfield by just lumping it back up. So they kept bypassing and then they would all press. So it was literally like five on four. So Warren, is sits behind us, I was like, how come it, they keep seeming to have two men on one? I'm like, because they keep, by passing the midfield all the time and impressing the defence. That's what they're doing. So I was surprised not to see a more tactical change. Richard but then I'm not a football player. manager and
1: Richie might have seen something that would have affected his thinking behind that. Mm. John W999 tweeted us at half-time. He said, roughed up in the classic Stevenage way. You know they're going to hit you with balls down the channels and set pieces and we just haven't coped with the latter. On the balance of play, one would probably be a fair... Would probably be fair, but we've also given them cheap possession far too often. Spot on.
0: Ian Hutchison, zero eight 8 said it's simple, really. If you don't defend properly, you get punished. Fact. And why, why do we always get weak referees when playing...
1: Stevenage, yeah, I we always say, we're going to win 3 2. Swanley face. Kid Samson o said, should have had a penalty, sure, but the truth is we've been outthought and outfought in that half. We can't defend crosses in either open play or from set pieces, and we didn't have a shot on target until injury time. Galbraith clearly wasted at right back. So, attendance was
0: announced at just over 8,200 from what I remember yesterday, with 826 away fans making the journey, and the second half kicked off with no subs and the O's. In the 49th minute, Tom James shot
1: over the bar from outside the area. 54 minutes on the clock, a double change for the O's with Omar Beckles and George Moncur coming on to replace Ed Turns and Jordan Graham. And in the 59th minute, two more changes, Joe Piggott and Rob Hunt replace Shaq Ford and Jordan Brown. So a few changes there. Four. All Bringing
0: on life. lots of experience there I think it's fair to say but not a change in shape so I think Beckles was a straight swap for turns Moncur was a fairly straight swap uh, for Graham mm-hmm. and in Piggott was a light for light for Shackford. so Piggott went up as the yeah. central forward and Hunt went to right back and they pushed Galbraith in central in the so a bit more I, can, I guess Square kind of street wise yeah with the experience of those players, but not really a change in shape. Already at that point, it felt like the game was done. Yeah. Like It was really like filtering out, and Stephens was very comfortable. 64th minute then for the first time and a half, some really good interchangeable play. So Rob Hunt getting a decent position uh, on the right wing. He crossed the ball in, decent cross, just no one in the
1: box to meet it. Two minutes later, a great challenge from Tom James, stopped List from getting his effort away from close range. That was a really good block, actually. He had that... Had
0: his, that not been blocked that was definitely going on target at yeah. pace so great block there 78 minute then we'll skip to the ball uh, was played forward ricocheted to the feet of ex-orient lonely Nick Freeman who was at least 30 yards out from mm. goal following a Stephen attack. and then on the standing volley he fired the ball in off the crossbar and passed the diving soul brim to make it 3-0 unbelievable Jeff Great goal. great goal I mean I remember the excitement when we saw Nick Freeman from Wickham if you yeah, flash your mind that yeah, two I do. three years ago never saw anything like nah. that from Nick Freeman Scores his first goal I think in 11 months against us yesterday yeah. Steve Evans raving about him I mean that was some goal it
1: really was if you want to be uber critical you can criticise Solbrin that you probably shouldn't be beaten from that, that For, distance if you oh, want to be I uber critical, critical but that is a tremendous strike. Yeah. Just playing both sides of the coin there. Just, you know, for those that are looking at this from a negative standpoint. But, you know, that is a great strike. He probably won't score a goal like that ever again in his career. So, typical that it had to be against us.
0: Yeah, really good goal there. Eighty-second, And Ethan Galbraith had an effort, which was palmed away by Ashby Hammond. That was a decent effort there. Keep it done well I say
1: that one. Yeah, and from the resulting corner, Joe Piggott had a free header from close range that he sent over the bar. You've got to do better there, haven't you? He should... Scored that. He was uh, completely
0: unmarked, I think just outside the six-yard box. Completely free-header. Should have got his first orient goal. Disappointing not to see the net bulge yeah. for that one. Disappointing. 18-10 in, Piggott had another effort which went wide as he was a tight angle that time, but well
1: wide that one. Yeah, four minutes of additional time were played. No further talking points. The referee blew the full-time whistles. The O's fell, the O's fell to a 3-0 home defeat. To Stevenage
0: Yeah So Richie Went spoke to Dave Victor At full time We're going to play A snippet of the interview Which is available On the club's YouTube channel And on the website So here's a bit Of what Richie Had to say to Dave Victor At full time
3: Richie thanks for joining us There was a big contrast Between last week's performance And this afternoon Yeah I mean <clears throat> so I'll take the blame I should It's really difficult When you have a performance Like last week to um, To change the team and hindsight is obviously wonderful, but, you know, I've been contemplating all week. Do we need to go bigger? Do we need to play Pratt's? Do we need to maybe go with three at the back just to add more size to us? Because, you know, I thought they was really, really good. I thought first 15 minutes, we were very good. We were dominating the game and Ruel has to score. Um, but then pretty quickly after that, we see from two set plays. And then um, I thought after that, they managed the game well, made no mistakes. Um... Yeah, it's probably my fault because I should have... Even though we had a brilliant performance, I should have changed the team, I should have put more experience. We're 22 years old, average age, against a team of, of men. Um, and I think physically we struggled. Both sides had strong penalty appeals in the first half. Um, I think Ed's hooked it on and he's, he's been kicked on his calf. So maybe. Um, again, I thought the referee's performance was, was good. Um, we, we've only got ourselves to blame. Play. Played too slow. Played passes where we... The, Passes are too small to the next man to the next man and didn't open the game up like we did against Cambridge. So um, so I think we started the game OK, but we, we have to score. If you score that goal, it's a different game. But then their power took over. I think if you took a percentage of how many headers they've won compared to us and, and heading as a part of the game, you know, I would say that they're probably at 90%. And this season, so many goals have been conceded from set pieces and also crosses. Set plays, balls in a box is something that we need to work on. You know, What do you think we've worked on all week? We've worked on set plays balls in a box um, second balls first contact second contact but um you know, when, when like I said when we've got so many young players the learning curves for, for us um, and we just played we've done a training session yesterday where it's hectic and trying to trying to recreate what it might look like today if we didn't if we didn't get it right and too much of the game especially the little, probably the period from 20 minutes to half time it too scrappy you know it was an ignorance to hook the ball on to put it in areas to get in races um, and we just played right into their hands but you no know, I thought they was outstanding today. give them credit team powerful full of men and obviously really good in both boxes
0: So that was part of Richie Wellens' interview with David I thank you to Dave for sending that over to us and I think a fair reflection there from Richie Wellens which was good to hear so honest honest assessment uh, yeah. of the game so Always a good tier. So the lead table still too early for us to give you a league table update of six games played. So beard Lejander, mm. your views on that loss in the home to Stevenage?
1: Yeah, I mean look, very disappointed to lose at home and to Stevenage of all teams. Yeah, you know, we've got to do better when teams suss out our threats. We've got to do better to overcome that and have a plan B. Um, we've got to develop. We've got to evolve. You know, we're playing against better players now. You know, some have played in the championship quite recently as well. So they're they're, they're faster. They think quicker, and they move the ball quicker. So I'm not suggesting that Stevenage are that, but they had a game plan and stuck to it, and it worked really well. And ours didn't. So, uh, you know, but to that point, I like the fact that Rich has owned it. It's all about accountability, um, and he's owned that. He got it wrong. They followed his instructions, and they weren't right. Slightly disappointed that he didn't then perhaps respond earlier in the match and bring. Pratts on, and maybe bring Omar on, and bring these bigger players, Joe Piggott, on soon. I know it's the hour, Mark, but maybe at half time to so give the guys a whole half to play. Uh, again, maybe, uh, maybe being a bit bit picky there. Don't mean to be, but um, yeah, it's just a bit frustrating that that they've come up with us, and and yet they've got the upper hand on us on this. It's just a bit frustrating, but credit to them. You know, they they weathered our early storm, played to their strength, knew what knew what ours were. Like you said, changed. Steve Evans' post-match as well, he said, you know, they they saw Ruel's, obviously, the effort, he screamed at them, that's not what we've been practising, sort yourselves out, and they did sort themselves out, and then once they had sorted themselves out, they nullified us, Um, and, and we didn't respond to that, and then adapt and change, so... Um, fair play to them they've exploited us and look you know it's just one game of 46 you know we're six games into this now we've got two matches this week so nothing to dwell on we move on uh, and look to right this wrong against top of the table next week so (laughs) (laughs) it's not not easy but um, no no fixture in this league is an easy fixture your views? I've got to be honest I think that's a bit of a
0: wake up call going into the season I know it's only six games in and I know you can't read anything in but you looked at the first four games of the season, you went, OK, Charlton, uh, Portsmouth, Wickham, Blackpool, probably going to get beat in those games, take that on. Mm-hmm. You can argue, apart from Portsmouth, the scorelines were, and the performances are pretty decent. Cambridge was amazing last week. I think you look at Stephen, you go, we should be giving Stephen each more of a game. I think the most concerning things for me is that tactically, we didn't change anything. Well, Whether that's Ritchie going, I don't have the players to adapting to a four four two, or whether that's him not wanting to do that thinking we might expose more of ourselves there but for me I was I couldn't quite understand why we didn't do anything to try and change the game now I'm not a football manager I'm, I don't pretend to be or perceive to be and I'm not going to sit here and say Richie should have played this tactically because that's not what this podcast is about to go into that detail about criticising a manager but I was a bit disappointed it didn't not reaction, like you just Mm -hmm. mentioned, Evan saw something he didn't like, and they sorted it, and then they saw how we passed on the floor, and they stopped us from effectively doing that on the floor and forced us to play their game. We didn't really have an answer for that, but yes, we would not like for like subs to get a bit more experience, but there was no kind of tactical answer for the way the game was going. So that worried me a little bit, and I thought that Stevens were quite good at protecting their weaknesses, which I thought was the pace of us against them at the back. But our weakness was our defence at set plays which we didn't protect well enough so mm. I think they've done a very good job but they had a much better football pedigree than what we probably gave them credit for beforehand they are a good football team I think they'll be up there to be honest but again we just crumbled really like we never looked at any point in getting back into that game once it was 2-0 with 44 minutes gone there was never that kind of feeling oh if we get one we'll put it back because there was never that feeling where we were going to get one and a three and down it was job done mm. really I'm, I'm a kind of concerned about the effect this has on players confidence because you know it's three home games we've played now the first one we got beat 4-0 quite comprehensively I think it's probably fair to say great performance last week and would have done wonders for the confidence 2-0 and that confidence has probably been taken away with that 3-0 defeat yesterday and I know it's only six games in but confidence and mentality and the feeling once the fan base can play a massive part in the way the team plays and already we've seem to be leaking goals at home for fun. So, a bit concerning there, but, you know, happy with Richie Wellens' post-match interview. Took responsibility, which I think all great managers do. And like we say, fully behind Richie Wellens. He'll, you know, learn from this and hopefully get a reaction out of the boy next week. It does leave a few questions out about next week in terms of who starts, you know. No head turns, we know that. So, I presume Beckles walks back into the team. Well, that's Brandon Cooper, Starts and is available. Does he go with experience? Big Rob Hunt back back in. And drop even get brave. Does he even pick it back for this one? You know, and you're playing the team at the top of the league as well. So a lot for Richie to think about. And then you know we saw go five at the back against Charlton to be more protective of the back. Does he do that knowing how kind of free scoring Exeter have been? So lots of questions, lots to think about. I think it's going to be quite a hard team to predict for next Saturday. But in a in a, in a good in, way. In a good yeah. way. Lots of opportunities for players who might have been dropped recently, like your Beckles. Monkers to maybe get their way back into, into the first
1: 11 under Rishi. Yeah. So lots to think about. Absolutely. Good points. Well made. We had an awful lot of views after this match. So thanks to everyone who sent their feedback and views into our social media accounts. And again, we're going to read out as many as we possibly can. And just because we read them, it doesn't mean that we agree with them. Parksey1881 kicks off this week. He says, Out or in outdone by physical clever play, There'll be more of that in this league than last year in League 2 and that blueprint will be used by other teams. Stevenage under Evans will have a good season if the start is anything to go by. It's a good point about the blueprint of the teams. If you That's were a right. scout from Exeter,
0: you'd be going, just get them all to your wide and That's just right it into and their and box. They cannot defend Sit them. on them. Absolutely, yeah. David CS3 said, utterly Shambolic today proves that letting him fall against Pompey was no fluke. This defence is a real weak point for us. Stephen were better than us in both games last year and we're far better than us in this one. Two tough games coming up now and I can't see us getting anything. That's, um, a, that's a good point. So Exeter away, Peterborough away. Yeah. Two teams. Are Two right teams who you'd expect to be up there. If we don't take anything from that, that's eight games with four points. That's when people will get more and more jittery. Now the board won't react as well as what they shouldn't after eight games. But again, after eight games... You're
1: suddenly, looking up the table massively. If we don't take anything from two pretty high away fixtures yeah. coming up, I don't disagree. And as it stands, like I say, Exeter are top at the moment, uh, and Peterborough thirteenth. So they have they haven't started life in yeah. this t- season in in League One uh, much better either I think there's probably a bit of pressure on their manager coming soon as well our Coral 1972 says shocking performance wasn't up for the physical side of the game created next to nothing I don't care what Wellens did last season but like for like subs when you're 2-0 down is clueless I'm starting to question him now very interesting wow I don't think we're anywhere near that
0: point yet Daniel no. underscore D4 for really poor outplayed and outmuscled Fought this last season but we really do struggle against teams who play free at the back Very naive and troubling how bad we are at defending set pieces and how poor our own ones are. This will cost us badly this season. That's a really good point about the set pieces. We had like two corners in the first half. Both times didn't get past the first man. Just like wasted, almost. So, good point about our own set piece. Something we haven't covered that we don't go into that level of detail.
1: But our own set pieces, specifically corners. For the most part, were pretty poor. Gotta beat the first man at any set piece. It's just it's, it's just the rules. Daniel underscore d forty four said really poor, outplayed and outmuscled. I thought this last season we'll struggle against teams playing free at the back. We looked very naive. Um, oh sorry, we just read that one. Apologies. Underscore shivan pathak said poor, no two ways about it. Few good chances in the first half hour, but our defence looked spineless. Then the second half was the worst forty five of the lot. Despite conceding one fewer. Tactics aside, need a lot more gut and grit ASAP.
0: Good points. I am underscore MO said abysmal. Stevenage faster, stronger, and wanted it more. We were clueless and bullied all over the pitch. Stevenage recruitment has been perfect for this league. While the O's
1: look, a League Two team playing in League One. It's quite extreme, I say slightly extreme views here, like we've lost this game. It's been a bad game for us. But it is kind of... Well, it's not really an evening in isolation because we lost 4-0 at home to, to Portsmouth. But, yeah, I, I understand people's frustrations, though. Mr underscore T82. So, fair result in the end. We definitely need to work on defending set pieces and we need to think more about what we want to do when we get the ball. We're not scoring goals, but we're really not creating chances for the forwards.
0: Yeah, again, another good point. Hard to argue, Simon. I Edward said, so any 3 you or home defeat will be difficult to take. And not for the first time this season, and for a few reasons we haven't imposed ourselves. 10 new players are going to take time to adjust. This season is about consolidation and doing enough to stay in League One. Don't panic. Now, the counter-argument to anyone arguing that is that Stevenage have also had a lot of turnover, yeah. and yet they gelled. So you could argue, why haven't the Orient players gelled as quickly? Or if Stevenage's players
1: got better quality hold that thought because someone makes that point. oh ok alright hold that thought I will um, where are Steve, we? Chaplin Steve. Steve Chaplin Steve Chaplin said didn't match them for effort at any stage which you have to do against that sort of a team to earn the right to play football however if Saturio scores early on as he should have it might have been different but he didn't and it wasn't.
0: <laughs> Poplar32, since Stevenich played to their strengths, but we must have known their game plan. So why put Galbraith up against one of their tallest players? When things weren't going right, why not swap Brown with Galbraith for extra protection? And when the ball went up to their forwards,
1: the ball stuck. Good point. Paul Ravens39 is on your point that you were just about to make a moment ago. Stevenage had loads of signings as well though, and they seem to have adjusted fine. The take time to adjust excuse is cowardly and a load of rubbish because we've been turned over by a team who were very active in the transfer market.
0: Yeah, hard to argue with that one. See, T. Fitzpatrick said I was in from Washington, D.C. for today's match. My word. Watching that was like stepping on a Lego, biting into a microwave mill when the middle was cold and getting your headphones caught on the door handle... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all at the same time. That's Hope. an amazing tweet. Hope apart from uh, yesterday's game, your
1: visit gets much better. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great piece of um, tweeting. That Orient Fan TV says still early days with only six games played, but the lack of quality in defence is there for all to see. From a sublime performance last week to, a, to, and to put it bluntly, a crap performance this week, need to go toe to toe with teams that play like Stevenage or are in for a long season. All right,
0: on Square to talk about contrast to last week. As per usual, against Stevenage, we always resort to playing the hoofball game. But once again, the unforced errors were back in abundance. Fio tried hard, but the quality was missing all over the pitch, apart from the first 15.
1: ZillaChum89 said, Oh, awful from set plays again. Ed Turns had maybe his worst game in an Orient shirt. I don't like to give Evans praise, but his game plan was spot on. Their press didn't allow us to play out in the first half, and in the second, we couldn't break them down. Bad day, but we'll get better.
0: Willow Gaffa said, After all, hit the bar when he should have scored, and then went missing. It took us another 60 minutes to have an effort on goal. They did a job on us playing for free kicks and corners, stopped us playing out, resulting on us going long, and then winning the first and second balls. And we had
1: no cohesion. Yeah, Les LK52 said, Today proves that possession is meaningless. We had 68% and never threatened. I don't know whether to worry more about the set-piece goals we concede or the lack of goal threat up front. Have to have done better in the window could be very costly. Interesting there from
0: Les. Ben Ben 1980 said, Stevenage along with Pompey, play physical, play direct and look for set pieces which they have become masters of. Exeter will play the same style from what I see from the last few weeks. Lots to learn and work on. Don't get on the players' backs. They need our support. Amen to that.
1: Jmeray72 said, They outplayed, outmuscled, outmanoeuvred us, played to their strengths and looked the far better side. Making four subs before 65 minutes sums up the performance. However, the first 10 minutes we played some lovely stuff and if we were well kept his shot low, it may have been a different game. Good point.
0: Elswallow 74 also played it to their hands, both tactically and physically.
1: Too many players
0: thinking they were on easy street after one
1: good performance. Yeah, good point there. Yeah. PM, PM31970 said everything that was good last week was the total opposite today. We all know exactly how they play, but seem to have no answers to prevent it. Yes, the ref didn't cost us the game, uh, but I failed to see any of the crackdown on time-wasting either.
0: Yeah, M8XYR, so they had the number on us. They don't have better players, they just know how to play us. And it's solely down to Evans. They pressed that keeper and centre-back so he couldn't play out from the back. We we're at Shaq, not winning anything against Pierre Gianni in a million years. Got drawn into their game, same as what they did at their place last year. Who knows what happens if Royal buries it or if we get a penalty for turns. But we need to get better from set-pieces. But
1: unfortunately, we were outplayed and outmanaged. Regroup and go again. Still not worried. Yeah, final word this week goes to Janine Adelman who said, no doubt that was disappointing, but trying not to get too high with the highs and not too low with the lows. Yeah, nice
0: tweet to end it on. So let us know if you agree or disagree with any of the tweets that we've read out or our own views on this podcast. You can do that by giving us a tweet at Orient Outlook. You can give us an email at orientoutlook.com. Outlook you can find us on Instagram at or orient-outlook-podcast, underscore underscore or you can find us on Facebook at orient outlook
1: Podcast. Absolutely. So we move on then to a prediction league update. Unsurprisingly and thankfully there were no correct predictions for this game, meaning that the top of the prediction league is still the same as last week with Doe Lewis on seven points. Rob JB 1974 is second on six points and joint third on four points. Britline devises Grunt the postie and Jukeskin. Good. I think is that's probably how that's pronounced. So thanks to everyone who sent in their tweets, very positive tweets, uh, predictions yesterday. I was expecting to see a few random, silly ones, but there were none.
0: No, there was a 2-0 to Stevenage, but no one got 3-0, like we said. So moving on to today, as we record, Sunday the 3rd of September. And the O's ladies got their season away at wow. home against Richmond and Q. Won the game 2-0, thanks to a penalty from the Bates and a goal from the halfway line. looking forward to seeing this one back when it hits Amazing. socials from Shona Samariro. So well done to the ladies. Great performance, great start to
1: the league yeah. season. Let's have it, ladies, this season. Yeah, one Done. more. So we are going to move on to the fancy football day, that Fantasy Football Update. If you do fantasy.premierleague.com, um, DM us. We'll give you our code. Uh, it's pretty much out there anyway. There are a few games today, as you'll probably be aware. Um, so it's not fully updated with all of those. But... It is now by the looks
0: of it. All right, so you're not going to believe this. In first <laughs> In first place on 287 points, friend of the podcast... He sits literally behind the beard of Legenda himself. Chris Kane leads the league on 287 points. He's at three points ahead of Ryan Beer, whose team name is Happy Days, which I like very much, on 284 points. I am currently in 268th place. Apparently I've gone up, which is uh, good to hear. So I'm in 268th place. That is out of a league of a staggering 374 fantasy football managers, which is a great number to have. Like Paul said, if you want to play and get in touch, drop us a DM. We had a few DMs this week to get those numbers up. Um, That's yeah. some great team names. Karen Harrison, all wellins and good is her team name. That's good. Amazing uh, names with Orient in there. So, yeah, if you want to play with us, please get involved and play fantasy football with us.
1: So that leaves us now to move on as we head towards the end of this show. The positives and the negatives this week. I'll kick off the positives. We've signed another defender, which I think was much needed. And that was your call. A couple of weeks ago in the podcast, where, where you were talking about um, how everyone's talking about a strike, but actually no one's talking about the defence, which was the problem because we were conceding too many goals. So, uh, well played, you. Injury list has reduced a bit. Max Sanders is now back. There seems to be fewer in the treatment room. This yep. long term is obviously Ajay. Um, At the end of Richie Wellens's interview post match, he says uh, Adam Thompson has injured his Achilles and his finger. He's looking out to be out for about
0: three months. Three
1: three or so months. I mean, uh, poor Adam. He just can't catch a break. And also in relation to his um, appeal against the red card that he got against Wickham, he's got a Zoom call on Monday uh, as we record this, which is the. Uh, 4th of September so he did say uh,
0: if you mentioned Aji, that was the first kind of Adjian classification from the club that Aji is actually out until January so it's yeah. the first obviously got reported on the BBC and we obviously used that quote on Twitter a couple of weeks ago but it was the first time that's been mentioned <laughs> at club level so Adji I think he said at least until January yeah. so again I mean, that's that a massive massive blow and spoke about driving as well so yeah. worth listening to the whole interview It would have yeah. been good
1: yesterday to have had dronin
0: he gave his reasons and why he likes dronin yeah physical, fast, um,
1: tall helped us yesterday yeah Yeah. absolutely Uh, so the injury list has reduced so we've just got a couple of long termers in there and and one or two that are not that far away um, either Uh, and also the ladies they started their season off with a win so congratulations to them
0: absolutely negatives in so again we've got three negatives first up home loss so again never nice losing at home Need to make Brisbane a fortress like we did last season second negative is three goals conceded. So again, never nicely concede three goals in one game. And lastly, I think just the performance in whole. Yeah. You know, I was so happy to be at that ground after yes, after last week. Really excited. I think everyone was really looking forward to watching. Hopefully, a performance that we we could follow up last week's great performance. And I think we were just all a bit. I think. The performance against Cambridge made it a bit harder to take because so everyone thought we were kind of up and running. But mm-hmm. It feels like we're going like a step back after taking a step forward mm-hmm. last week. So, three positives, three negatives, as always, on this balanced podcast. But hero or heroes, shall we say, of the week. So, obviously, no Twitter poll this week. Unanimously, we decided that it's going to go to it's the late night ladies yes. thing. So, well done <laughs> to ladies. Great result today, winning 2 0, and hopefully. A very start of a very successful season for the ladies. But this week we got two fixtures coming up, Mr. Levy.
1: We do. We're going to, as we said earlier, uh, we are off to Gillingham on Tuesday, the 5th of September, the scene of the best blackout yes. ever, and where we clinched promotion last season. This is in the group stage of the EFL Trophy. They're third, Gillingham, they're third in League Two. They lost 2 0 to Grimsby on Saturday. And uh, yeah, one of the seed, what and is the scene of one of the greatest triumphs in our history. Arguably. It is
0: absolutely Shadogi again. Yeah, ex Orient player. Yes. Haven't they got Scott Cashkit? Oh yeah, they man. got uh, Scott Cashkit. Oh no, he's, and uh, he's got Sutton. They have got someone else. There's though. a few ex Orient there. Oh, what's his name? Ethan Coleman. But yeah, I don't know if he's suspended because he got sent off last week. Shame. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but we will see if you go into Gillingham. Have a safe journey. Can't imagine there be too many making that one. Then Saturday of September. A very long journey. All the way to Exeter City, who we've already mentioned, top of League 1 after beating Burton 1-0 away on Saturday. Good result for them. If you're going to either match, have a safe journey. And you can tweet us before, during, or after the
1: way to the match. The two tough away chips for the O's this week. Yeah, very much so. Uh, Sponsorship reminders. don't forget, get in touch with John and the fantastic team of experienced florists at Carol Langley Florist. Uh, you can call the shop 0208 529 4130 or get in contact via their socials, which is Carol Langley E4, Carol with an E on the end, or at EssexBiz on Twitter. They're also on Instagram at Carol Langley Florist, that's all one word, or search Carol Langley Florist on Facebook. So that is it. Thank you
0: for joining us for episode 327. And after an outstanding performance last week, the O's couldn't replicate that as we faced our old foes, Stevenage who did a proper number on us, beat us convincingly, with plenty of lessons for the team and the management to take away and ensure our season gets back on a positive and, more importantly, a consistent track. Like we said, two tough fixtures come up this week. Richard and the team need our support throughout the whole season, where there are sure to be plenty of ups and downs. So safe travels to all those attending these matches. We'll be back next week, rounding up both games, hopefully talking about two
1: wins and a much brighter outlook at least better performances one step at a time if you're listening on (laughs) iTunes please subscribe give our podcast a five star rating we really appreciate it we've still got just 104. We know that there are thousands of people listening to this. So if you're listening on Spotify, don't forget you can now rate the show. We've got 97 ratings or you can even leave a comment on each episode. It's a new feature from Spotify. So if you didn't know that, go to each episode and you can make comments on it. So please do so if you get a chance. Don't forget to follow or add us to your favorites on your chosen podcast provider and that way you'll get all the episodes as soon as they're available. We're also on Smart Speakers, Fan Hub app. And we're also now on YouTube, search Orient Outlook Podcast. On YouTube, so listening to this podcast has got even easier. If you've got an older relative, a loved one, an orient chum, someone who is new to you in the stand, who's bought a season ticket because they're looking for some some live football, um, and our disillusioned with the Premier League, whatever their rationale or reason is, if there's someone new sitting next near you uh, at the club, please pass on the pod, show them on their phones how to do that we would be most grateful. Yeah, absolutely.
0: So massive thank you to James from the Rainbows for uh, coming on the podcast earlier. Like he said, there are ways to get contact with James and their team. So if you want to make contact, go and look them up on Twitter or give their email address a quick email. But we'll be back, like we said, with episode 328 next week with we all the information of views that you could ever need. We look forward to hearing from you and as always, keep calm, stay safe, have a great week and listen to The Orient Outlook. Podcast. Keep the faith and up the O's.